listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 29 of the Testudo Times Podcast, the we're recording this immediately after the Michigan game and moaning about what life is like as writing for Maryland websites and writing for websites on deadline. It's a lot of fun. If you don't do it, nobody actually knows how hard it is to be a journalist until you actually become a journalist. These are things that you don't think about until you actually have to think about them. Right, Ryan? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to be the guy who complains about getting to watch sports and write sports for a living. Hopefully, No, 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 no. But then there are the moments where you're just like, oh... I really wish I wasn't having to write about this game tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, I, will, I will point out that Maryland is 0-1 when Ryan writes about them in Big Ten play. Uh, that's a one. heck of a one stat. 1-1. And, 1-1. And one. One and one. One and one. I wrote the Penn State gamer. Oh, oh so that's why they yeah. almost choked and lost that game. Exactly. Oh, yeah, you didn't hear Matt Ellentuck is also here. He's back on the podcast for the first time since uh, we took away his beer goggles from Senor Frogs. At least that was the rumor. You can now substantiate it. I'm sorry, what? What? Weren't you on a cruise? Oh, oh, is that what we're going for? Yes, I was. I yes, was on I don't know where you're going. Oh, yeah, I was on a cruise, and I, you know, tried to black out all information, Medicaid from Penn State, and he told me that Diamond dropped 39, so. <laughs> that was great. You know, sometimes it's good to black out every single bit of information, and on a cruise, it's actually possible to do that. Ladies and gentlemen, sure. I will tell you this. If you want to go on an information blackout, go on a cruise. Nobody can get you any sort of information on a cruise. Don't meet anybody because they're going to blow it for you. Uh, unless you meet somebody that isn't actually caring about Maryland. But regardless. Which is probably had... most of the general population. Uh, yeah. That is true. I would give that. Uh, I would let that be known, too. Uh, let's talk about the Michigan game because there's a lot to get to with it. Uh, Maryland lost. I do remember saying on last week's show and the Big Ten preview show that this was really the first serious chance Maryland had of losing a conference game. Sometimes I don't like to be right, but in this case, I was right. Michigan was without Karis LeVert. With Karis LeVert, I think this would have been a lot worse. Maryland did not play well. Uh, We'll start with you, Matt. What went wrong tonight, other than the obvious Maryland couldn't defend the three? Uh, Yeah, obviously three-pointers were falling Michigan's way. Uh, I think more disappointing tonight is probably, you know, what we talk about so much is Maryland is such a deep team. You know, if one guy gets shut down, the rest can pick up the slack, but we really didn't see that. Uh, so much with the guard play, at least. Uh, Suleiman and Trimble only scored 10 points combined, and Suleiman had six in the final, you know, two minutes or so. So they really only had four points for most of the game. And I was yelling during those entire stretches, don't shoot it, Rashid, and then, oh, it's the no, 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 yes. Yeah, I mean, Suleiman and Trimble usually complement each other pretty well, but this is the first time that we've seen both of them struggle in the same game, and, and that's really what happened tonight. Though, Ryan... This was one of the better games for Maryland's front court. Again, it was against an undersized team, and we've talked quite a bit about that on this show. But most of the front court played incredibly well. We'll get to one that had probably his best game maybe ever in a Maryland uniform. But the front court played really well tonight, and it's amazing to think that with no guard play whatsoever, Maryland lost on the road in a hostile environment by three. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of this is almost what I expected really from Diamond Stone and Robert Carter. They were facing a undersized team, but I mean, Diamond Stone is just, I don't know when he's going to have a bad game because even tonight for stretches, for the he had, what, three points in the first half. Then in the second half, it was like, oh, team needs me. He just starts 
like he had that one play. Uh, I don't know. He had so many plays again where he just goes up, misses a shot, gets his own rebound, gets it back in. He uh, he's tough. And then Robert Carter had that one play, especially the I don't exactly know when it was the spin move where they tried to trap him and he was just like nope and spun went to the basket, got two. It was a very good showing from both of them, except. Carter still insists on taking threes, and he missed. Well, a in that one late. instance, it worked. Uh, yeah, he was one for four, so he did make one of them. But he had a couple. He had a couple bad misses. Yeah, I don't really want Robert Carter taking threes. There was one possession where there was a lot of ball rotation, a lot of good movement, and it ended with a Robert Carter corner three, which is not something you want really ever. But let's mm-hmm. go. Let's start with Diamond Stone, and then we'll get to Jake Lehman because I have to put on my fire retardant suit for all the hot takes that are going to come out about Jake Lehman. We know how controversial a subject that is with Maryland fans. Diamond Stone again. Ryan said, I don't know when he's going to have a bad game. And now, I I really don't know. He was good against Wisconsin in a game where you were not concerned, but that's a tough game for him going home with all the boos and whatnot and some of the really terrible chants from Wisconsin fans, which got Channing banned at Wisconsin basketball games, by the way, because they were so bad at it. And then, just chanting, chanting in general is now banned? Uh, look up that story. I think you can't do the Civ chant at hockey games. This is one of the best chants ever. Uh, I think you can't do airball anymore. So basically, if this was Maryland, the student section would basically have to be quiet or else be fearing uh, getting arrested. Anyway, back to the point. Diamond Stone tonight was awesome. What has he found recently that has made uh, him look so good? Can I interject so with some numbers? Yes, I you think can this hit us. This, this is a Matt question all the way. Go for it. Yeah, yeah this is a me area. Uh, just something I pulled up right after the game. So in 2016, here's Diamond's numbers. 23 and a half minutes played, 14 and a half points on 65.6% shooting, seven rebounds, a block and a half. He's been, and he shot 16 for 18 from the line. This is averages. This is averages, and this doesn't include the game against Penn State. Does not include the game against Penn State. Does not. 14 does, and it, half, does it include tonight? Block and a half, and includes tonight. Okay. In 2016, it's hard to say that there have been many centers better than Diamond Stone. He has been insanely good. I mean, I, wouldn't, I would say it's not too much of a stretch to call him Maryland's best player right now. I mean, obviously, let's not overreact to one bad game by Mello Trimble, but he's, he's up there. I mean, if yep. you're just going off this game, then yes. I, I still wouldn't go that far, but we were wondering when was Diamond Stone going to make this turn? When was he going to show us everything? Because we had flashes in out-of-conference play where he would dominate for stretches, that UConn game for one. But he'd have other games where he really wasn't in it. That Georgetown game you really barely played and was kind of invisible. And now, boy, he's not starting games for reasons we've talked about on this podcast, but he's coming off the bench and chipping in an insane amount of points. Is there anything that's going to slow him down right now, Matt? Diamond just has – he's got so much to him. First of all, his body is just enormous. He's an absolute truck. So that's another problem, you know, the defenders face. But what's really unique about Diamond is he's a big man who's a righty, but he finishes so well with his left hand. And if you look at how many and ones he finished tonight, a majority of them were with his left hand, which makes him so much more difficult to guard. And the fact that he's been shooting so well from the line – uh, there's no there's no way for, for defenders to really win here. Fouling him doesn't help because he's been 16 for 18 in the past four games. And if you let him go inside, he's going to finish because shoot, he's shooting 65% from the field. I mean, he's been he's been incredible on offense. And even when and, he, oh, and go on. I would he you saw him knock down that uh, outside shot tonight too. He like he has a bit of a jump shot that uh, he hasn't had to, he hasn't needed to show it off very often, but he can definitely hit it. He used it versus Wisconsin. 
It's exactly. there. His offensive package is there. The one thing we also saw, and we've seen in a couple of other games, is just an insane amount of persistence around the rim. If he misses, the odds are he'll get the board and finish at some point. Mm-hmm. There, his persistence underneath the rim is something that Maryland was, we talked about last year, tons of trouble on the offensive glass. That's almost been completely erased because of Diamond Stone inside. I mean, when you think about the games that Maryland's got left, well, coming up, it's going to be, I can't wait to see him against Purdue, obviously, but then when Maryland plays Michigan State and Iowa, those are going to be fun because he hasn't really faced anybody, you know, huge on the interior in the Big Ten play thus far. Alex Ola didn't play when Maryland played Northwestern. Probably will play when they play him again. When do we? Is this going to continue indeterminately, Matt? Oh, you got to think so. I mean, Maryland probably has to even start considering, you know, running their offense more through, more through Diamond than their guards. He's been he's been fantastic. I still think that's a bit of a risk considering who Maryland's guards are, but let's talk about somebody else. The fire <laughs> retardant suit is now on because we're talking about Jake Lehman. Let's I don't do know if this was his best game in a Maryland uniform. In the first half, he was basically Maryland's entire offense and was mm-hmm. playing insanely well. His defense was great. I mean, yes, Maryland had a lot of issues defending the three tonight. Michigan was reliant on the three, but Jake Lehman's defense was still very, very good, and he chipped in a ton of points. It's one of the best performances of his career. It might be the best performance of his Maryland career. And that's the kind of Jake Lehman performance, Brian, that everybody has been wanting to see for a while. It's a shame it comes at a loss. I mean, it definitely is another nail in the uh, cupcake Jake coffin. But uh, I think tonight was just another example of how he's such a good all-around player. I mean, so many of those threes, or at least a couple of the threes that, uh, what's his name, Duncan uh, Robinson hit, he layman was right there and he was he played really good defense for the second straight game i don't know if you watched against wisconsin he was yeah he was really good, good too he, but you know the, with the offensive numbers you don't notice it quite as much right and i think sure. we all and forgot about Jake also, layman after a certain player scored a game-winning basket but anyway <laughs> he also had 10 rebounds today he had a very like very complete performance i thought what about you, Matt? What do you think about Jake Lehman? Was this the best performance we've ever seen of him in a Maryland shirt? Uh, maybe maybe from a numbers standpoint, but he's played, I think he's played really well the past two years. I mean, I think also I've used probably 70% of my Maryland Twitter to talk about Jake Lehman uh, and defend Jake Lehman. You've had a lot of time to do that, let's be honest. Uh, I've been talking about Jake for a while. I, I still think Jake Jake's probably has the highest ceiling of all Maryland players in terms of, of the NBA draft. I've been saying this for a while just because of inta- his intangibles. He's a 6'9 small forward in college. I mean, he stands taller than LeBron James. Obviously, he doesn't have the same build, but once he starts bulking up, he's only going to get better. Uh, his numbers obviously reflect his play tonight, but they don't reflect his play every night. And every night, he scraps. <laughs> He's a great defender. He's amazing to put on the top of any any sort of uh, zone or any sort of pressure. Uh, his the length his, is so critical. I mean, when it, you can press with somebody or at the top of a zone that's six nine and has his length, it's insane. His height and length are incredible, uh, and he's rebounding really well this season too. So he had a double double tonight. Jake's been doing a little bit of everything, and finally he got his three point shot to go down tonight, and he shot seventy percent from the field for eighteen points. I mean. That's a that's a senior leader right there. Can't ask for much more than that. And it kind of gets lost again in the performances of Diamond Stone, where he's going to get overshadowed a bit. But Jake Lehman's been playing pretty well this season. I don't think there's any reason to criticize him much anymore. I've certainly not done it. But again, as we mentioned on this podcast, we've got on a lot of mileage on Jake Lehman. You know, his performances are not going to be as important 
as they used to be because Maryland has more options. And his backseat is going to take a backseat in terms of scoring, but his defense is still going to be critically important. Robert Carter also 15 points tonight. We talked about him before. Another good performance from him. That jump hook is still absolutely filthy. I don't think he'll ever miss that shot. It's always – I was talking with somebody about that when we were watching the Rutgers game, and he was saying to me, there's no reason that should work because it looks so funky and it's got a weird form, but it always seems to work. I don't know. That I find particularly interesting. Good game from Robert Carter. Don't really want him taking threes even though he can shoot them, but he's still, he's still an X factor for Maryland because of just the matchup problems he presents. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, my point is everyone says, you know, I don't want Robert Carter shooting them even though he can shoot them. Can he shoot them? I mean, he's shooting Well, we heard that before. I mean, I remember seeing a tweet in the summer that says Robert Carter can shoot threes. Right. I mean, that was a really weird tweet that I always seem to remember. Yeah, the stats don't seem to reflect that, and they they didn't reflect that in Georgia Tech either. My thing with Robert Carter, if he takes those, you know, two to four three-point shots he's been taking and brings them a few steps inside, those might convert into two or three more points a game. You got 15 to 9. I can't really complain about his performance. Not so. going to complain, but there were some ugly looks from three that he, you know, he could have passed out of or posted up with. Yeah, there were. There There's, were. And he'll, and I think he'll change that. And I think he'll obviously change that. The coaches are probably going to say to him, do this now instead of taking those threes. I bet they'll look at that on film and say, we could have gotten a better look here if you hadn't taken that shot. Those will be constructive criticism. Now let's get to the guard play. Before we get to Mellow Trimble, we have to talk about Jalen Brantley because. I really wonder what's going on there because he didn't play tonight and maybe it's for defensive reasons, which I would totally understand, but he barely played against Wisconsin and he barely played against Michigan. Now these are road games. It's going to be time for him to develop, but should we be concerned that Varun Rahm's playing 14 minutes on the road in a big 10 game and Jalen Brantley's not getting off the bench? Well, he did. He did get into the game at one point, right? Did he? I did notice. they had the oh, he had one minute. Trimble, uh, Trimble, Varun, Brantley lineup. He had one minute uh, like he did against UNC. Yeah, that was really surprising. I didn't, I didn't even think about it for a while, and then someone actually tweeted at me like, "Why isn't Varun in the ga- and isn't uh, Brantley in the game?" And I was like, "That's definitely weird." Um, I don't know, especially since he is a guy who has shown that he can score a little bit, and with the kind of lack of points they were getting from their backcourt, I know it's saying. You know, you're going to put Brantley in as a scorer is kind of a weird thing to say. But I'm, I'm surprised they didn't put him in a little more often. I mean, when you have Zach Irvin and Duncan Robinson who are going to score, and Jalen Brantley's not one of the better defensive guards Maryland has, I can understand why he didn't play all that often. But considering Maryland needed scoring and Jared Nickens did nothing, he didn't score either, I'm really surprised we didn't see him because they're not putting in Varun Rahm to score. You're putting him in for defense. And the fact is, Michigan was hitting those shots anyway. So sometimes I think Maryland can win up and down games. Not sure they're suited to play more of these defensive slogs. And while this really wasn't a defensive slog, if they tried to go tit for tat with Michigan, I think the game might have ended better, Matt, wouldn't it? Uh, I can't complain with Baroon playing more minutes tonight at all. I, I counted at least three three occasions where he came off the bench and immediately forced a, forced a turnover. I mean, he his defense isn't understated in any way. I mean... He's very it's well known how good his defense is. Although He's Mike Tirico did call him Varun Ram, which was getting a bit distracting. Uh, whatever. But I mean, what he does, he does extremely well, like extremely, extremely well, despite his height. Uh, why Jalen didn't play tonight, I couldn't tell you. Mark Turgeon's always been a little bit weird about Jalen, especially from the beginning of the year. 
Uh, Jalen showed, you know, a little hot streak in the middle, uh, especially uh, against Princeton and Baltimore. He played extremely well. I think even against Rutgers, too. But again, we're now talking about, let's be honest, cupcakes. We haven't really <laughs> yeah, seen him against good teams yet. I well, think also also another thing is when you put Varun in, you know you're getting really great defense. When you put Brantley in right now, you still you still really don't know what's going to happen. Brantley's essentially a freshman. I mean, right, this, right. Is, this is his first year playing, you know, in the big league. Absolutely. So it's it's still an adjustment period for him, and he's not nearly you know as talented as a freshman as Diamond Stone is. So it's going to take time for normal freshmen, not named Diamond Stone, to get themselves acclimated. It's true, but you still I'm still a bit surprised we didn't see him for a longer stretch, even in the first half when Maryland couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, just to try to see if anything would spark the offense. Let's talk about Melo Trimble. Hero against Wisconsin. Got two fouls early. Mark Turgid said it shook him. It clearly did. Melo's not going to have amazing games every single night. That's just not possible. You, everybody's going to have an off night. Is there anything concerning about this performance that we should worry about going forward, Matt? Zero. Erase it. Okay. This is just, it's not going to happen. Somebody again. was bound to ask that question, so I had to. Yeah, erase it. It's not going to happen again. What are you? Gonna, we can't really complain after he hit the game where you know a few days ago. So yeah, an off game is going to happen. This might hurt his player of the year chances, but who really cares about that either? I think Melo bounces back against Ohio State, and we don't well, even. Think well, when you think of well, when you think about it, he scored two points. Maryland lost on the road by three to a team that was hitting every single three they took, it felt like. That's still pretty impressive, all things considered. If Melo has a marginally better game, Maryland probably wins. Oh, yeah, this is not a concerning loss at all, especially on a night where Kansas goes down and Iowa State goes down. I was about to mention that. Yeah, Kansas loses on the road at West Virginia. You're going to lose games in conference play. We've said that. It's just going to happen in the— Kentucky going 18-0 in conference and Florida going 18-0 in conference a couple years ago— last year for Kentucky, a few years ago for Florida. That is incredibly, incredibly rare. Let's point out that Wisconsin lost to Rutgers last season. That is true, which is still something that makes no sense to me. I am i don't think a lot will ever make sense to me. Sports. It is, yeah, it is sports, no doubt about it. Uh, Rashid, can we talk a little bit about Rashid Suleiman just a bit? Because the performance was weird. You know, he had some of those moments defensively that, were a little bit concerning, and he's not really shooting that well either. One of those free throws, I was like, I saw this against Ryder where he front-rimmed a one-and-one one late in the game. That led to the Bronson Caning three in the Wisconsin game against Ryder. Jake Lehman got the rebound, and the game was sealed away. But should we, I mean, is Rashid Suleiman in a rough patch, or what, what should we take from these performances where he's not playing as well as he had re- in the recent past, Matt? Uh... I mean, obviously, didn't he's in a little bit of a shooting slump. Uh, he hasn't really worked the ball around as well as he had, even when he was struggling shooting in the beginning of the year. He's going through a little slump. Uh, he, if we're going to talk about the last shot for a minute. He he took the game, the potential game tying shot, which was questionable at best, as he was. It was really uh, deep. He was dribbling erratically around the top of the key, kind of forced up a shot that really didn't look great. Would have much rather seen Melo Trimble take that shot. I mean, uh, they were guarding Melo really closely, as sure. you would expect them to you in can a situation imagine they were like just, that. They were just there, there's, a, there's a way to dribble handoff and, and give that ball to Melo. There's plenty of time. Um, 
But still, Are you surprised I, they didn't take a timeout just to set something up, even out of a timeout, you know? Because I, I know they didn't do that on Saturday, but they didn't really need to. I don't think Turgeon's that type of coach. Uh, Turgeon isn't really known for his, you know, amazing play calls, and Maryland's known for, hey, Des Wells and Melo Trimble usually get it done. So I can see why he didn't use a timeout there, and, I, you know, I can't fault him for that. But I just wish it was a better look or one. I'd even take a bad look from Melo Trimble over a bad one from Suleiman. I think that kind of shows you what, you know, that's the downside of not taking that time out. Because if they just take away Melo Trimble, then all of a sudden, you know, Rashid Suleiman ISO is not what you want and on the last play of the game. And, you know, if they had called a timeout, then I think probably at least that's not what would have happened. They probably got a better look, at least. Well, there's the... Lives the least this to say about Michigan without Karis LeVert. I thought with Karis LeVert, if he was playing, the Maryland would have really lost this game. Michigan was really impressive, I have to say. For this being the first time I've watched them, and other than looking at their box scores, in which they've played a lot. The, the three good teams they played, we talked about it, they got beaten down by. Yeah. They were very impressive tonight. That's probably a tournament team with Karis LeVert, and a dangerous tournament team at that. And it shows yeah. that the middle of the Big Ten is maybe a little bit better than we thought. Yeah, I think we also need to at least talk about Duncan for a second because he was for a stretch there just unbelievable, and Dick Vital was just Vital Vital was just absolutely in love with him for a while. He compared him to, in the same breath, like Steph Curry, Reggie Miller, I think Ray Allen, and every person who's ever shot a basketball ever. But so he including me, like he deserved it for a while. I've shot basketballs before. Sure, if you want to include yourself, that's that's no, more. No, I, I sucked at shooting uh, threes though. I sucked at a lot of things related to basketball, but that's not really relevant. Anyway, I was impressed with Michigan. I think they'll make the tournament. Uh, they play These two teams play again in Xfinity Center in February. I doubt there's the same result because Melo's going to play better basically by default. Karis LeVert will probably in there, but I don't know if Maryland's going to lose a home game in conference play this year. You know, Again, it's so different on the road than it is at home. And we also have to mention Maryland's only two losses this year are in the black jerseys. So I suggest burning them and destroying them forever and never wearing them again. Yeah, that's a valid, valid point. These are only facts. I if, present if not, you only if facts. not the main reason for them losing, probably. That's true. Yeah, I present you only facts. They look beautiful, but Maryland's losing a lot in them, so I present you the facts, and uh, they should be burned and destroyed forever. Uh, let's talk about the Wisconsin game for a bit. Seems a bit weird that we're talking about this after the uh, Michigan game, but Maryland looked like they had this game in control for a while and then inexplicably let it loose, and Melo Trimble kind of saved them at the end, of course. Uh, this was another weird game, and I think, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I think Maryland wasn't really looking at Wisconsin as a really serious challenge, considering everything they've gone through. And you can kind of tell there were some moments where they just like, eh, we, you know, it looked like they were taking them a bit lightly. I don't think that happened tonight as much, but it certainly happened a bit against Wisconsin. I think if they turned it on, they'd probably blow them out. Wisconsin's not a bad team, but they lost on the road at Northwestern tonight, and they were they aren't a very good team. So what do we take away from that game, Is if there's much to take away now that we've seen a game after that, Matt? Uh, well, see, I'm going to interrupt your statement a little bit just because I don't like that easy narrative of saying, you know. I know, but I have to portray it because, let's be honest, hot takes. We all love our hot takes. Well, let's be real. Maryland did not take Wisconsin seriously. You know what I meant by that, but there are times when you think, like, they ha- didn't put their foot as quite as hard on the gas pedal as they might have, let's say, if it was Michigan State. I'm going to say everyone gave 100% out there. But uh, what's gone on with Maryland in the past two games, at least, is the three-point shooting hasn't been there. And they go 4-for-11 against Wisconsin, and they go 6-for-24 
against Michigan. So they have to, they have to, I guess, uh, identify themselves when the three-point shot isn't going down, which has been a struggle. And also against Penn State, it wasn't going down really all that much not either. To be honest. Yeah. So, so that's three games in conference thus far where they have not been able to hit threes. They're four and one in conference play, which is still pretty impressive. Very true. And what we haven't seen from either of those games either is Melo Trimble taking the ball to the hoop more. He hasn't had a free throw in his past two games. So Maryland really has to figure out what it's doing when shots behind the arc aren't going down. But the ability of Melo to then, you know, come out and do what he did at the end of the game, that's always rewarding. That's kind of nice. Do you think that teams are defending better against Melo Trimble going straight to the basket, Matt? Yeah, I mean, he's he's the target. I think Michigan's coach said it at halftime when he said, Maryland is a different team when Melo's out, meaning I guess he thinks Maryland isn't quite as good of a team when, you know, when You don't need to be a college basketball coach to figure that out. (laughs) Let's be honest. Sure, sure. But we talk about depth and point guards really the spot where Maryland's pretty shallow. So figure out ways when Maryland's got to figure out ways when Melo isn't converting and, and when he's off the floor. But don't you think they've kind of found that, at least tonight with Jake Lehman scoring and Diamond Stone with the ability to go beast mode, Ryan? Uh, well, I mean, or I is there that more see... of a supplemental thing that you want with Melo Trimble getting 15 a night? I think, you know, you should... Diamond Stone even showed against Penn State that he doesn't need Melo Trimble to create all of his offense for him. Obviously, the when the Melo Trimble Diamond Stone pick and roll is on, that's kind of the, that's just peak maryland offense i think right there but uh i i don't know it's hard to say i think robert carter and diamond stone are just kind of gonna do their own thing regardless of what mel is doing well we also we always had the uh, whole maryland is basically let the good players be there be themselves and we'll see what happens there's not really a whole lot of structure to the offense next two games for maryland presumably we'll not have a podcast before these two games are over ohio state at home is going to be interesting because ohio state has beaten Kentucky, however good they are. Uh, they got just destroyed by Indiana without Will Blackman. It was like 48-18 to 18 at halftime. They're very young. I have no idea what to think about them. The game's at Xfinity Center, so that's obviously something that Maryland will like because yeah. I don't think they're losing at home this year. But this is a, this is a weird game, and now you're going to get an angry Maryland team that doesn't lose, that I don't think has lost two in a row in the last two years. So are we, are we expecting a win? Are we expecting a bounce back, uh, Matt? Absolutely. I'm not traveling down to College Park for a loss, so. <laughs> oh, come on now. Come on now. They, they've been, uh, they have, they beat Minnesota, Illinois. They won at Northwestern and then lost by 15 at Indiana. Uh, they play Rutgers tonight, tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this. It's tonight because this will be posted then. They'll beat Rutgers, so it'll be an interesting game. And then they play Northwestern. I don't know if Alex Ola is healthy. I bet he will be by the time Maryland plays them, which means it'll be a very different game than the one they played in Evanston, and Maryland blew them out in Evanston without Alex Ola. This game is at home. Again, I think it's a win, a winnable game for Maryland. So, Ryan, you think Maryland's going to have two more wins by the time we get to previewing Michigan State? You know, they can't overlook these next two teams, but we can. I think it's safe to say we can look forward to Michigan State. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm excited for that one. That game is going to be one of the best of the season. Now, it's not going to be the teams as highly ranked because Maryland's lost, although Michigan State could easily be number one by the time that game is played. I figure they probably will be, or at least number two. 
going to be one of the games of the year in the Big Ten since Purdue has struggled a bit in conference play. There are some football things that we do need to talk about, which means Matt Allen Tuck, I'm sorry. <laughs> this has hey. happened before on the podcast where he barely hey. talks during the football it's, segments. Ryan's I mean, it's, it's happened where I've barely talked in the basketball segments. That's true, but you're talking let's quite get, a bit. Let's get to so. it. Let's get to the football things. I first want to talk about Mike Loxley. We were talking about it last week on the show. We didn't really have any clarity as to what his job status was, what the heck was going on. We have a little bit more clarity now. The supposedly ironclad, his bio is not on the Maryland website anymore, so that's not good. And then he was linked to South Carolina. Uh, what job was he linked to? Was uh, North, North Carolina. North Carolina. I got the Carolinas mixed up. Oh, that would have been so funny with him and Will Muschamp. It that would have been awesome. Was, uh, it was watching. reported that he had accepted or was uh, was offered the North Carolina job, but that sorry was sorry to quickly, North Carolina fans, quickly fans, but not that didn't happen. Quickly debunked. So, but he yeah, is very very interesting to see what's happening with Loxley. Very interesting to see how that relates to Dwayne Haskins because both of them at this point are shaky. At well, Loxley, I'd say Loxley shaky very more very more than shaky. Haskins, I think shaky is a pretty good way of describing. We've what he seen is. Also, from a guy who obviously really doesn't have any inside information on that. So no, we, no, very few people have the inside information on Dwayne Haskins. I don't think anybody has a read on that situation. Maryland's offered a couple of quarterback prospects simply because, well, they have to. Otherwise, they're not going to have anybody, which would be a bit of a problem considering what happened last year. And none of us want to remember that. Maryland also hired a director of recruiting, which is a job that they had. I think it was director of player personnel or something very similar under Randy Edsel. Uh, is there anything we should glean from this, Ryan? I think he's a local guy. That's about all we know. He, um, he is a local guy coached at Friendship High School in Okay, uh, Friendship in D.C. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's really – I mean, there's not a whole lot to be gleaned from that. He's worked at uh, Rutgers, North Carolina, and Illinois, and – you know, it's not like they've been recruiting like the top classes, but Rutgers, Illinois, North Carolina never are. So yeah, everyone, all the coaches who they've hired have obviously been tagged as like great recruiters. So I'm sure whoever they bring on in this role is probably going to be just fine. Decent recruiter, you would expect. They've confirmed uh, some of the other hires we had been talking about. I'm trying to remember because there have been so many of them. Forget. Um, I remember. think yeah. So. Uh, Tucker as not Dave not Dave we debunked that last week too Anthony Anthony Tucker there's no relation also we have to make that plain um and Chris Beattie as the wide receivers coach those were both confirmed um another interesting thing they hired um I believe his name is Eric White from Syracuse and the kid's like 25 or like 20 he's no younger I, I think it was established he's younger than the 27-year-old Australian punter that Maryland hi- Maryland signed, and this guy's going. To, he's in a player personnel role. Jeff Ehrman from 24/7 Sports said he might be uh, the director of player personnel, but there's been no announcements on that end. Yeah, I think Jeff actually had. Uh... DJ Durkin on his podcast last night or whenever it was, and you probably already listened to it, but if you haven't, I'm not saying we're competing because we're really not because he brings different stuff to the table, but I would go listen (laughs) to that because it's very uh, insightful about DJ Durkin and what he's bringing to the table. And I think every time after listening to that interview, you've got to be even more confident in the direction of the program than you were before, right? Yeah, did you you listen to it? I did. 
I did. I was. I don't want to spoil it because I bet there are some people here who haven't, and I encourage you to listen to it immediately because it is a very good show and very good chance to get an idea of DJ Durkin outside of a press conference, you know, situation, which is definitely going to be different when you're interviewing with people in a setting like this, where you know people will open up a bit more. Tend to think. Any thoughts on the national championship game, Alabama Clemson, which was actually a good bowl game compared to all the others, which were terrible. My only thoughts are we watched an entertaining bowl game, and that, that is was... just about enough for me. Uh, Alabama, <laughs> as always, is bowl games an unstoppable death machine. So. You didn't want to watch more bowl games from Mobile, Alabama? <laughs> I don't care where, where I am or where they're playing, as long as it's like exciting. The New Year's games were so depressing. Well, the playoff games were depressing, too, considering nobody watched them. There was almost no hype for those games. Yeah, there was felt like there was no hype for those games. I feel like there could have been more hype for this game too. Although I guess this game, at least as a college student, like the national championship game is always weird because we're still at home. So sometimes, but 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 again, like those games don't feel like they're really for students. You know, they really more feel like they're for alumni, especially when you're talking about Alabama and Clemson. You Mm. know. I have, again, Maryland will never be in this situation, at least not for a while. I feel like if it was Maryland, there would have been more students going. But it does, again, those games don't really necessarily feel like students' games, but maybe those are just the schools that are involved. Uh, top 25, preseason top 25, somebody posted it. I don't remember who it was. Michigan was four, Ohio State was 12, Michigan State was 14. So Maryland still has a lot of movement to make up in the conference if they want to be mildly more competitive than they were. And Kevin Wilson got a really long contract, which I also found kind of entertaining. So Also, another fun fact, the um, ESPN released their uh, way-too-early Big Ten power rankings, and Maryland is 13th out of I find that hard to believe. I find that hard to believe. Uh, yeah, it's than, I mean, they're better than probably Rutgers, but are they worse than Purdue? I don't uh, see that actually, happening. They, he, he has them reversed. I guess the only thing is, I mean, they're losing in Gawkway and Quentin Jefferson. Who knows what's happening on the defensive line? I'm certainly not qualified to really. I don't think it'll be Maryland that bad. or the Big Ten next season. But uh, if it's they still don't, too early, if they have but... the same quarterbacks, it is going to be different. But that's really a topic for a whole different podcast. That in is about absolutely five months, so. good. Good call on that. So that's all we really have for you tonight other than more journalism hot takes, which I don't think you're interested in, right? Um, I would like to plug Matt uh, got interviewed former Maryland walk-on Jacob Suskind. Uh, it's, it's on the website. Go read about it. Good job, Ryan. Thanks for the promo. Good <laughs> job. Uh, Matt and I might have something else to do with that in a bit. little hint for you all. Uh, so that's the end of the show. We will be back with you next week. We're still not back at school yet. We won't be back for a while, but... Maryland hopefully will have two more wins in their pocket by the time we do this show again. Um, And if they don't, uh, this will be another angry show. (laughs) Boy, I love those, right? Although you couldn't really tell that we were angry, although there were probably definitely a few Maryland fans that were angry. And I mentioned this on the basketball preview show we did a while back. One conference loss is not the end of the world. Two conference losses is also not the end of the world. Maryland lost five last year. It's not horrible. Exactly. You can start panicking if there's eight of them, basically. <laughs> eight of them is a good panic point. But yeah. Maryland will probably not lose more than five. For sure. Don't think Maryland's going to lose more than five. Home losses, you can be a little bit more alarmed, but this is a road loss against a good team. So I would never... The message is 
everyone relax. Yes. Do what Aaron Rodgers does. Maryland lost last year at Illinois. So losing at Michigan, I don't think is anywhere near as bad as that Illinois loss. So anyway, thank you both for joining me tonight. It was really good. This is the first time I think we've ever done a show with just Maryland people where Dave Tucker, Alex Kirshner, Pete Volk wasn't on it. I think. I've done so many of these shows, I probably forget all that stuff by now. But so What a time to be alive. What a, what a time to be alive. Alex will be back eventually from his CIA mission somewhere in the world. We still don't know where he is. Actually, I do know where he is. He, he posted it on Twitter. True. Go, he is go. in Israel. He is in Israel. I told him that so. all of us learned how to speak Hebrew before uh, he came back because he posted a picture of Testudo Times with an Israeli ad on it, which I found entertaining. How, how's your uh, Hebrew, both both of you? Uh, really great, actually. Yeah. Going well? Definitely. Could be better. Could be better? Yeah. Hard language to learn, I'll have to be honest with you. <laughs> I could still recite the Hebrew alphabet from old days gone by, and I hate it. Anyway... We'll see you guys next week. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. And of course, go Terps.